Alright, welcome back. This is another football betting podcast with your host, Nick Wojcik. We're back. We're back doing podcasts. I did a little trailer last week on what to expect for the podcast. It's all all college football betting all year from now until the national title game in January. Last week, did a little trailer. This week is going to be our win totals, futures that I have, and then next week we'll win the week zero, possibly some week one looks that I have, and then we start. Like, we're, we're going. We're doing it. So, I'm going to make this quick. I know you guys value your time, and I value your guys' time, too. So, we're going to make this quick little podcast, just going through win totals that I bet and futures I've already bet. So, let's just get right into it. First one. First one, I was so excited to make this bet. It was Iowa State over five and a half. Iowa State. Cyclones over five and a half. I thought this was the year they get back on track. Last year was post post Brock Purdy, Brees Hall offense. You know Matt Campbell, awesome head coach. He's turned this Iowa State program around, and it was a down year. Obviously, just you know you lose Brock Purdy, you lose Brees Hall. Like it's gonna be a it's not gonna be a great season. We go four and eight, and I thought this was the bounce back spot for him. Just with Hunter Decker's on deck, Matt Campbell has been just awesome. With this program, I thought they would be able to just at least get back to bowl eligibility. So I loved it over five and a half and plus one. I believe it was plus one hundred five. I got it, at. and then this scandal came out. Both Iowa, Iowa State players on both teams, both programs, are getting indicted. I shouldn't say indicted, but you know, being being investigated for for sports betting and betting on Iowa State and Iowa football games. And so there's a lot of things in question. There's a lot of distractions going around with this team, so I would probably say not bet it, especially with Hunter Dykers, their start, Iowa State starting quarterback, being in, investigated. But that was the first one, so I, I know it's not great. We start out with um, questionable credibility by myself on that one, but had to get it out there. That was the first one I made. I was so excited. But we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with Iowa State over 5.5. I'm not going to bet out of it. Like You just got to see what happens. You never know. Maybe it's some rallying point. Maybe Dykers gets the play. Maybe the other guys on this team get the play, but right now it's not that program is not looking looking great. But we'll move on. We'll go next. We're going to kind of be all over the place here. I'll try and keep it as organized as possible. We're going to go to Conference USA. Liberty. Liberty plus 250 to win Conference USA this year. I really like this. I know Hugh Freeze is gone. Hugh Freeze is now over in Auburn. and they, But they bring in Jamie Caldwell. I'm sorry, Jamie Chadwell, not Jamie Caldwell. Jeez. Jamie Chadwell, former Coastal Carolina head coach, and we've seen what the Coastal teams have done over the last three, four years. And they just he's turned that program around. He's brought them, built them up into a solid uh, group of five program coming from the FCS level to group of five. So seeing what he's able to do, he now goes to Liberty. And I just think, I think overall it's going to be a good fit. I think this Liberty team still has a good fit, good roster. Not many people from Liberty has transferred out. So I think that's a good sign with Chadwell coming in because I don't think I think Hugh Freeze, yes, would probably say he's a better coach than Jamie Chadwell, but overall the drop off between the two is not it's not significant, in my opinion. So I think Chadwell with this roster will be solid. I think the only other argument that people could make on this one would be Western Carolina. I'm sorry, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, we know, like over the last three, four years, their offense has just been absolutely incredible. But I just think after last year, like Western Kentucky benefited huge, huge on like turnover margin. I think I want to say they were plus twenty nine on turnover margin, and that's just 
that's just too much. Like it's just in one season, that's a lot to ask for to then have a repeat season. Plus, their defense has a lot of turnover this year, so I think that's gonna be that's gonna knock them down a little bit. Plus, the turnover luck that Western Kentucky had. Yes, that offense is still gonna be good, but I think overall Liberty still has. They can match not to that Western Kentucky's level, but they can still match Western Kentucky with a solid offense. And I think that defense is still going to be fine. I get there was some turnover as well, but I just think overall, I trust Jamie Chadwell and this Liberty team that win Conference USA. I don't think Middle Tennessee or Louisiana Tech are there yet. I think they're still a step behind. I do think it's going to be Western Kentucky and Liberty at the top when it's all said and done. I get you can also make the argument too for a team like James Madison who burst on the scene last year. But the thing is, they can't. Excuse me, James Madison cannot. They cannot go play for the conference championship. The stupid rule going from FCS to an FBS program, or I should say just division, it it really hurts them. So yes, they might be frisky just because they can't go play for a conference. They can't win the conference, so they want to just beat everyone's brains. In, but you know, James. Without James Madison in that mix, I think it's going to be Western Kentucky or Liberty, and I, I'll take Liberty over that. Moving on, we'll stay in Group of Five. The only other Group of Five. Let me double check. I am wrong. I have another second Group of Five, but third one, I should say, but the one that did not make my top five uh, is Florida Atlantic. Get right into it. Florida Atlantic plus 650 to win the American Conference. It is... Oh, actually, it might be a tad stretch. You know, the AAC, they lost Cincinnati, they lost Houston, BYU, teams like that from last year, and now it is a new team. Florida Atlantic goes into the American, along with teams like North Texas, ECU, Rice. So, Charlotte's another team. So, there's a lot of turnover. You still have Tulane, who we just saw what they did last year. I'll talk more about Tulane here in a little bit. But you still have Tulane, still have SMU, Texas, UTSA, comes into the American, but the thing I like about Florida Atlantic is Tom Herman is back at the G5 level. Yes, Tom Herman, Texas Tom Herman is back at the group of five level. I get people might have a bitter taste in their mouth about Tom Herman after what he did at Texas, but overall, like Tom Herman was still covering games. He was still keeping Texas competitive. I think people are expecting him to come in and win, you know, Mac Brown level national championship after national championship, get to that level. And although they didn't get there, Texas still had a solid program under him. And I just think the expectations were so high for Herman that that's what ultimately fizzled out. But, you know, you go back, you look at his history, you look at his history at Western Kentucky before he got there, some of the offensive coordinator roles that he had before that. You know, he's had success where he's gone. And I think he's, the same thing is going to happen this year. That The Florida Atlantic offense should be awesome, again, under Herman. Just him calling plays. And I think the biggest key... For this FAU team is that their defense, their defense returns their whole back seven. They return their starting, all their starting linebackers. They return their starting defensive backs, and then on top of that, they also return seven of their top eight tacklers. So I think that just, just the return on that side of the ball, I think is going to be huge. Their schedule, their conference schedule, also, they it's going to favor them, and that's also another reason why it's like. To take a shot on them, I mean, after after you get through their non-conference schedule, which is pretty fairly tough, you know, Monmouth, Ohio, those are winnable games. But then they go to Clemson, to Illinois, back-to-back weeks, which is a bit of a challenge, just physicality-wise. But then you come home for Tulsa, 
You're on the road at South Florida, who I'm not expecting much out of. And then there are tough games like UTSA and Tulane. They're both at home. I'll, again, talk to, I'll talk about Tulane, but you, have, you get UTSA at home. Charlotte, I get, uh, get their new head coach, Biff Pogi is probably arguably the best name in college football, but unfortunately he's not going to turn the Charlotte program around. And then go to UAB, which run Delfer, which is going to be a dumpster fire. Home for ECU, East Carolina. Home for Tulane. And then you're at Rice. So the schedule the schedule is favorable. The two tough games that they have truly is Tulane and UTSA are both at home. So, you know, I just, I just think it's a good spot to at least take a swing at them at plus 650. So that's what we're going to do. Moving on to the ACC now, a little two-parter between Syracuse over 6.5 and, and Wake Forest under 6.5. Both 6.5, Syracuse over Wake Forest under. I think the big thing is I like it, but I don't love it anymore. It's kind of my fault. Looking at Syracuse's schedule, Wake Forest's schedule, one thing is I do like the Syracuse team. They have a very winnable schedule this year, and that's the thing that I like it. They do have... Easy games on the front end. And then once they get through their stretch, they play, I think, three of the four weeks. It's like Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and I want to say Pitt. And then after that, like, it is. They play Virginia, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. They play Wake Forest, which I'll get to in a second. Like, they play the bottom part of the ACC. And then their non conference is just, it's kind of a joke. So I do like Syracuse to get to at least seven games. The thing is, this year with Wake Forest, they lose Sam Hartman at quarterback. Their trench, both sides of offense and defense, see just a ton, a ton of turnover. And they have a brutal schedule. September's easy, but then down the stretch, I mean, they got Clemson, Florida State, Duke, North Carolina. Like, it's just going to be brutal. The thing I... Makes me iffy about these two is that the last week of the season, Thanksgiving weekend, these two teams play each other, and I can easily see a situation where both teams are six and five going into that last game, which makes me nervous for this. So again, I like it. Don't love both just based off the situation. If you like either team, honestly, I probably wait until the week of and just see. Because I think just putting your money in both these teams when it might come down to that last game is not not the best move. And I wish I'd have caught that earlier. But hey, that's part of it. It's part of it. Learning experience. We'll you know we'll hopefully hopefully come out on top. Go two and zero on those. Next one is Nebraska under six at plus one thirty. I get Matt Rule as the new head coach there. And you see what Rule did. We see what Matt Rule did at Temple. We see what they did at Baylor. I get the NFL didn't work out with the Carolina Panthers. But the big thing that I like about this under one, Nebraska is consistently underperformed year in and year out for the last 20 or so years. I think last year there was a lot of hype around this team. They won four games. I believe they went four and eight. So, again, like the, the talent's there. My When Matt Rule comes into new programs – he takes his system, he takes his culture, he puts it into it. He doesn't care about winning games. And it showed at Temple, showed at Baylor. Between both year ones at those programs, it is a combined 3-21. and 21. So it just kind of goes to show, 
you know, he's not he's not there to win games. Like he's trying to instill a culture, trying to instill still just a winning program, and it takes a couple years to get there. Now, can this team still win four, five games? Yeah, I can see it, but I don't think he's going to be trying to win games when he's trying to instill a culture that he imposes on these programs, and it's shown that it's a winning one. So I think I'm expecting less less than six for Nebraska. Yes, their schedule is pretty favorable, but overall I just think I think it's going to go under. Next one, Florida over five and a half. It might sound crazy, but we're going to do it. Yes, if you've been following college football this year, you've already been talking about Florida has arguably the hardest schedule. I believe it's like the hardest or second hardest schedule in all of college football. I don't care. Florida has never had a win total this low in the 40 years that Vegas and oddsmakers have been setting win totals. Five and a half is incredibly low for this program. I get part of it is because of their schedule. But overall, I just think it's too low for a program that has consistently recruited well, you know, good coaching and things like that. So that's why I like going over. I do think I like their wins. You know, the wins get to bowl eligibility. Thing is, too, this might be a little bit of a spicy, a little spice on it. I don't think it's that crazy, but I don't think switching out Richardson for Graham Mertz is that big of a drop-off. If you look at Anthony Richardson's time in college last year, he had that incredible week one game against Utah, but then after that, it's very it's very pedestrian numbers. He's only completed about 55% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, like nothing. Richardson, people fall in love with Richardson as – a quarterback prospect, not a college quarterback. He just wasn't really that guy. So although people are like, oh, Graham Mertz compared to Anthony Richardson, I just don't think, in terms of a production standpoint, I don't think it's that crazy. So I will take I will take over five and a half. Yes, it might be a little sweaty, but I do think they get the bowl eligibility this year. On to, on to the top five. I've selected five of these. So that's kind of a little rundown of win totals I like. But we are going to go top five now. My five favorite win totals and futures that I have taken from this season. We're going to start with number five, Penn State over nine and a half. You can still get it at minus 140. It's Drew Aller's season in Happy Valley. I'm going to be honest. I think Drew Aller, if, if this hits, it's going to be because Drew Aller is a breakout candidate. And I think he will. I mean, he's 6'5", 243. Pretty small sample size in 2022, but he was 35 for 60, passing 344 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. But I think just the offensive around him is going to help him a ton. In the backfield, he has Nick Singleton and Keytron Allen at running back. So I think just even if he does struggle or finds himself struggling at times, James Franklin can kind of take that load off and give it to the backs, which I think just the two-headed monster is going to really help. I also think, I don't know how, again, spicy some of these takes are, but I do think this defense might be the best in the Big Ten, which I know sounds crazy with Ohio State, Michigan, even Wisconsin in there, but I do think Penn State's defense is going to be the best one. They have a ton of returning production. Their secondary was one of the best in the country. They're returning everybody from their secondary. It might, again, a little spicy take, but I do think Penn State could make a run with Ohio State and Michigan this year. I don't think that drop-off between Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State is as much as it's been in recent years. I know last year Michigan, or really the last two years, Michigan is kind of best at Ohio State. 
but I do think Penn State might be right there with them. If you look at their schedule, some of it's outside of Ohio State and Michigan. They do play West Virginia at home. They're at Illinois. They're home for Iowa. But really, outside of that, very manageable schedule. And if they do beat Ohio State on the road or they beat Michigan at home, which I do think they can, easily this game, this win total will easily be passed. They'll easily get to 10 wins, possibly 11. It just comes down to can James Franklin perform in the clutch? Have you seen it? What what could go wrong? So it might come down to that. But overall, I do think this Penn State team has what it takes to get over over that 9.5 win mark. On to number four. Tennessee under 9.5. I got it at minus 115. This thing is steamed hard to the under. Possibly, I would possibly wait till 9, under 9. I would still like it there. It's at minus 9.5 right now, sitting at minus 185, which is why I say maybe weights. But the big thing with this, I mean, last year you lose, they lost Hendon Hooker in the offseason, Jalen Hyatt to the NFL. Just, they can't, it's going to be so hard to replicate that. We've seen same thing, similar to what I talked about earlier with just underperforming expectations with Nebraska. Like, it's not the 90s anymore. Tennessee's not what they were in the 90s. Nebraska's not. I think it's the same thing. Last year was such a miraculous season going 11-2, beating Bama at home. I just don't think they can replicate back-to-back years. It's going to be so tough. It just kind of comes down to, like, can Joe Milton do what Hendon Hooker did last year? And I just don't think he can. He didn't really do it at Michigan. Like, he was fine in Tennessee. Like, he hasn't thrown an interception yet in Tennessee. But I just I just overall think it's going to be tough. You know, they got Georgia, South Carolina in the East. Already those are tough matches. They get Bama again. Who You don't think Bama's going to want to get up for that game from last year. They go to Bama. They have A&M from the West as well. I just think overall the schedule is going to be too tough. I don't think they can replicate what they did with Joe Milton and this year's team. So I, I would lean. I'd look under nine and a half. I know it's a very juiced nine and a half. Probably wait till nine at this point. But I just can't see them. I can't even see them getting to nine wins this year. It's going to be way too tough. And if you think, if you want to put it in perspective too, they're not beating Georgia. They're not beating Bama. So basically, for to lose this bet, they have to win out. And to think that they won't slip up here or there along the way, I think it's just crazy. Number three, it might be a you know a Joe Public bet, Joe Public lock, whatever you want to call it. But Georgia to win the SEC at minus one ten. It's at minus one fifteen in some spots. This this is your hedge ticket for the SEC championship game. I'm telling you right now, Georgia's going to go to the SEC championship game. In December, you're not going to get a better number in December than you are right now. I would scoop it up now. I won't even wait. Pay the minus 110, pay the minus 115, and just hang on to it come December. We can talk about it then. This team is still unreal. It's still Georgia. Still have a ton of five-star prospects across the board. There's no reason why this team won't get back to Atlanta for the championship game. Yes, they lose Stetson Bennett, but you have Carson Beck, who should be a very solid QB as well. I mean, he's throwing the, throwing to you know some of the best tight ends in the country as well, some of the best weapons. So I'm not really too concerned. Last year was the Georgia repeats what they did from 2021, and you just saw what they did. They just absolutely just dominated everyone. So again, even if there is a step back a little, they should at least get to the SEC championship game. I don't really see people competing in the East. I just talked about Tennessee moments ago, and Tennessee. If I think Tennessee is down, I don't think South Carolina with with Spencer Rattler at quarterback, I don't think they're going to compete with Georgia. So really, this Georgia's still to lose. And then, again, even if they are down, if Bama bounces back, if LSU from the West is, 
you know, they're the team that beats. Everyone likes them to win the national championship game this year. Maybe we can hedge, but overall, I just think you're still going to get a better number now betting Georgia to win the SEC than you will in December when they compete for the SEC championship game. So at least take it now. Then we talk about hedging down the road. Number two, second best, second favorite future and win total is Tulane under nine and a half this year. I know I talked about it with FAU and Tulane in the American Conference last year. Incredible season. Tulane, one of Tulane's best seasons in program history. They go 12-2, and beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. Just an incredible win, coming from behind win against USC in that one. But I just, again, I don't think they can replicate similar to Tennessee. Don't think they can replicate what they did last year. There's only been four times in Tulane's school history they've won 10 games. It, it just it doesn't happen for Tulane. As awesome as it was, as cool as it was, that's the first time since 1998 that they've won over 10 games, and you're expecting them to do it again? If you're only doing it four times in school history, like I just, it's too much, too much to replicate. On the defensive end, they only returned three starters. You know, the the offense will still be fine. The offensive line's good, but overall, it's for them to try and replicate what they did. I I just cannot see it happening. So I I will gladly take Tulane under nine and a half. It's my second favorite one. And now, a little drum roll. My favorite favorite off-season bets. We're going back down country roads. Yes, West Virginia over five and a half. We're going to do it. Love West Virginia this year. Now, I know maybe last year, 2022, you had JT Daniels as quarterback, Graham, Graham Harrell as offensive coordinator. That was supposed to be the thing through this whole spread offense. But honestly, Overall, last year, like that offense just did not work. I don't know what it was. If it was JT Daniels, who's now I think JT Daniels is playing at Rice. Like I just don't think it was it was meant to be. Graham Harrell couldn't get the offense working. The thing is, last November they finally found an identity running the football, and I think it really helped down the stretch. Because in November they beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and although they still only won five games on the season, I think that's going to change just how they run their offense. And it showed in the offseason with some of the moves that they made. They promoted running back coach Tony Mathis to offensive coordinator. They got rid of Graham Harrell. JT Daniels is gone. So they have a new quarterback. Tony Mathis is now offensive coordinator. I got to look up who this quarterback is. I should know this. But overall, I just think that's what West Virginia is trying to do this year is it's just ground and pound football. You have C.J. Donaldson, who is arguably the best running back coming back from twenty from 2022. It's an absolute workhorse. They return all five offensive linemen. They have Garrett Green. I looked it up. Garrett Green is going to be their quarterback, and he's more of a mobile quarterback, more mobile than than JT Daniels. And I think just the offense overall is going to work. You just get a ground-and-pound attack with Donaldson, and then you just have a guy like Green who can kind of roll out, make moves in the passing game. I think it'll be enough. You have Neil Brown calling plays. The thing is, their defense is is a little shaking. It does make me a little nervous. But the big thing is looking at their schedule is what's getting me to over over five and a half, getting into bowl eligibility essentially. They're four winnable games, and I think they should go four and zero oh in these. It's Duquesne, Duquesne from the FCS, FCS, excuse me, Oklahoma State at home, BYU at home, and Cincinnati at home. BYU, Cincinnati are both coming into the Big Twelve this year. Cincinnati's down, BYU is down. So I do think they'll at least get those four games. And then 
in my opinion, just overall, after Texas and the Big 12 this year, I think the overall this conference is down. I think TCU is down. I think Oklahoma is down. I know people like Texas Tech this year. I just don't think they might be what the hype is. You bring it, you have Baylor still. UCF comes in. They're, I think overall it's just going to get very, very jumbled. I do think West Virginia can take advantage of just mediocrity in the Big 12, I would say. Again, I think Texas is the class, and then after that it does get a little hazy on you know, TCU, Oklahoma, Baylor, Texas Tech, those teams, I think they can take advantage because after Duquesne, Oklahoma State, BYU, Cincinnati, you got four wins. You have Pitt rivalry game against Pitt, which we saw how that game ended last year, week one. So you can talk about revenge spot. You do get Texas Tech, which would be a challenge. TCU will be a challenge. Those two will be challenges. Don't get me wrong. But I do think they have a shot to possibly upset either or. They'll probably most likely be dogs but I do think they might be able to win one of those. I don't think it's going to be as crazy of like automatic loss as people might think. You also have Houston, UCF coming from the big from excuse me into the Big 12 this year. So you have the advantage of just overall just talent, depth, things like that. So again, you're talking about two more toss-up games. They beat Oklahoma last year. I think Oklahoma is going to be down. They have them at the end of the year. Oklahoma could possibly quit. Honestly, I don't know really what's going to go on with that program. I don't think they have it, what's going on yet. And then you have Baylor at the end of the year. Again, just a lot of middle-of-the-road teams. I think West Virginia gets there. I think they get full eligibility. I will be playing country roads after every single West Virginia win. I'll be doing it all year as we cash this over. And I cannot wait. But that is all I got. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, there's a ton of bets. I do have the top five in there as well. But those are my favorite ones of this offseason. But the best thing about this is next week we have week zero. We have college football. We'll be breaking down games, lines, all that fun stuff. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Country Roads, take me home. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy your weekends. Next week, next week the fun begins. So let's get after it. Thanks, guys.